Good morning. Thank you for joining me, Pastor Zach Williams of Flat Creek Baptist Church here in Gainesville, Georgia, for another episode of New Horizons, the daily podcast and radio ministry of Flat Creek Baptist Church. It is always my great desire and joy to be able to dive deep into God's Word with you, and I pray that these daily podcasts are a blessing to you and your family and your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you would like more information about Flat Creek Baptist and how we might come alongside of you and your walk with Christ, then please go to our website, flatcreekchurch.net, and you can find all the information you need to know about us there. Today, we're going to continue walking through the book of Acts, and we're going to be in Acts chapter number 11, verse 27 through verse number 30. I want you to listen to what the Bible says. It says, in those days, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and then one of them named Agabus. So when we think about this man, Agabus, he's a prophet, and we're going to actually see him at periodic times uh, throughout the book of Acts giving Prophecy. This is the first time that we see him. So this man named Agabus, he comes down to Antioch. He stands up and he predicts by the spirit that there would be a severe famine throughout the Roman world. And then Luke lends this eyewitness account. He says this took place during the time of Claudius. And so what Luke is doing here is he's lending credibility to the prophet Agabus. He's saying, look, if you want to know, did this famine actually happen, then go and search the history book. And you will find that during the time of Claudius, there was indeed a famine. And so Luke is just lending credibility to the account. Now the Bible says in verse 29, So each of the disciples, according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brothers who lived in Judea. And they did this sending it to the elders by means of Barnabas and Saul. So there's going to be this famine in the land, and the believers, the disciples in Antioch, they decide in their heart to send relief to the brothers and sisters who were in Judea. Now, what kind of relief was this? Well, we can imagine that it could have been possibly some sort of physical relief, knowing that a famine is on the way. A famine is is, is a season of, of dryness, where, where it doesn't, it's not just, it's not just that you uh, are not having any rain, but there's a famine of food. There's a famine of water. And during this time, many people are malnourished and die. They, they can't live because there's just nothing to eat. There's, there's nothing to drink. And it's a terrible, terrible thing that happens. And so maybe they sent relief by means of sending some sort of, uh, of food in order that the people in Judea might store up supplies so that they could eat during this time. Uh, but we also do know from the book of second Corinthians chapter eight or chapter eight and verse number nine, and chapter nine, that this young church actually did send monetary relief. So they sent money down to them so that they could in their own region buy the supplies they would need in order uh, to survive this time that was coming. Now, we don't like to, to talk about giving a lot in the church because uh, we've all been a part of those uh, times where, you know, you've heard somebody say, you know, that's all the church wants. They just want my money. They're always talking about money. They're always talking about giving. 
And I'll just tell you, for me personally, it is always an uncomfortable thing to walk into the church to look at people and say, you know, uh, the Bible says, you know, to give your money and, and it can get kind of uncomfortable because people like to guard their own wallet. But let me just remind you that giving, tithing is a, a biblical principle that we're to live by. And it is a an act of faith. It's giving to God and trusting God that if I give to him this in sacrifice, then he's going to take care of all of my needs. And if you'll jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, Paul actually speaks on this as he's writing uh, to the church. He he says the, fo- the following uh, the, the following words in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. He says, remember this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. Now, I love how Paul writes that the person who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. The person who sows generously will reap generously. And then as you travel on down through that text, he says in every way, God, who is able to give you everything you Need And I love how Paul writes that. Uh, he didn't say that God's going to give us everything we want. He said God's going to give us everything we need. Now, I say that because jokingly, uh, because like in my heart, you know, if you could ask me today, Zach, what is your greatest want? Well, well I'll tell you that my greatest want today is a brand new black Cadillac, okay? I, I'm not talking about an Escalade. I'm not talking about a Cadillac truck. I'm talking about just a slick Cadillac black car, you know? I, I mean, just it's just one of those things in my life that, I, that I've just always wanted, just a nice, shiny black Cadillac. I, I mean, I don't know, but I just think a preacher would look good riding up in a black Cadillac. That's what I want. Well, what do I need? What I need is that Mazda CX-7 black that's in the parking lot right now of the church. Okay? I have a want, but that's not what I need. What I need is what I have because God has graciously given it to me. And so that's what I need to fulfill the work of the ministry. And so when we think about this, God will give us what we need. Now, as I say that today, I want to encourage you to give. And you say, Pastor, I don't know how I can. Okay, I, I can't afford to give. Let me, let, me, let me tell you this little story before we close today. I think about my grandparents. And my grandparents are both still living, and I give glory to God for that. But they told me this story one time that when they were newlyweds, that it, it came a point uh, where they just had no money. They had four children. Um, they, you know, they didn't have a lot anyway. They were working, uh, you know, crazy hours trying to make ends meet, and they were just poor. And, and my grandma tells the story that they come to time. To where they didn't even have a cup of rice left in the cabinet. 
They had nothing to eat. They were down to that last little little bit of rice. And this is what they were going to eat and try to survive off of until the next paycheck, which was you know, however long away. And my grandma says it was just a terrible time. And we didn't know how we were sur- going to survive. We didn't know how we were going to feed ourselves, much less our children. And it was just an awful time. And so she tells the story that my grandfather called his dad, who would be my great granddaddy. He called him on the phone. He said, Daddy, I don't know how we're going to make it. All we have is a cup of rice left. We have no bread. We have no peanut butter. We have no meat. We have nothing left. And we're not going to make it. We're, we're literally going to starve. And my great-grandfather, knowing that my grandparents were believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, asked my, my granddaddy the following question. He said, LJ, are you giving to God? To which my granddaddy responded and said, Daddy... We can't afford to give to God. You don't understand. We're going to die. We're going to starve if we give to him. We don't have money for the bills. We don't have money to eat. To which my great grandfather responded and said, LJ, you can't afford not to give to God. And so my grandparents made a commitment in their heart right then that they would start giving to God. They've been married now well over 60 years. And I will tell you today, they don't live in a mansion over the hilltop somewhere. But you know what? There's food on the table. There's a car in the driveway. There's lights that are on. There's, there's heat in the house. There's air conditioning in the summertime. And God has blessed them richly. And so, friends, today, if you are listening to this, let me say, if you set it in your heart to give and you give with a cheerful heart, trust God to take care of you and your family and he'll give you all that you need. So may God bless you in this area of giving. Pray, seek his face and give to him and allow God to bless you more than you could ever imagine. I look forward to seeing you next time on New Horizons. God bless.